So uh, would you give a warm welcome uh, for Joseph as he comes up? And I'll let him share about himself. Born again at seven, and uh, I've been at different types of churches. Uh, went to Rama many, many years ago. I was uh, 19, and I've been in um, service in different ways in the local house. I lived in Ecuador for a year. Hablo un poco de español. Have any Spanish speakers here? Ah, that's a little different than uh, Central Florida. So um, I visited down there um, and have preached down there. But my story isn't one of, well, I've been a traveling minister for, you know, 30 some odd years. I just started Coinfish. But I, oh, my business is architecture. So I'm a principal in an architectural firm. Um, I've I'm really not the big designer. That's my brother-in-law. He and I are uh, business partners. But uh, I've drafted, and I've enjoyed it in aspects of it, but it is not my highest grace. And so today I mentioned it this way, but really Holy Spirit is my friend. And... The mandate, oh wait, I'm doing my pre-start. Ah, oh, man. Okay, so in architecture, that's where I was headed. In architecture, sorry, don't get whiplash. Um, we have a thing called design intent. And design intent is a set of documents. And let's just say we have a couple scenarios. It could be a homeowner or it could be the people at a business. Because I worked for a large um, builder, a national builder, for a few years. Um, as the director of architecture. And so design intent can come from somebody in corporate or they've done studies in marketing says we want a three-bedroom, two-bath house. So design intent. And the more explicit the plans are, the more accurate what gets built is going to reflect design intent. If the plans are drawn on a napkin, then you're going to get the interpretation, The maybe have a few dimensions in the guy pouring the slab does his thing, and then the framer, you just rely on the framer. Well, I think we'll just do two by six walls. Well, maybe we'll do two by four walls, right? You need somebody to make a decision, and where do they go? They go back to design intent. They're not allowed to just do what they want to in the construction of the house, and it's kind of interesting because we're going to talk about, no, because if I do that, that'll be the other beginning. So we're gonna, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about in a little bit because this is really before we get started. So design intent. So we haven't started yet. Design intent. And we'll do uh, some things that happen when design intent isn't really followed. So the next slide. So you can see there's a little bit of a, a breakdown in communication I don't know if it was the person who bought the faucet. Next slide. So well, that's one way of solving the problem. You know, I might have gone a different way, but that's certainly one way of, of solving it. The door does need to be able to open and close. Next slide. Um, I, don't, I don't even have anything to say for that one. It's a little tricky to get the car up in there. Maybe it's a ramp. Next slide. And... <laughs> I'm not sure you want to let your kids go to this playground, but, you know, if you're trying to toughen them up a little bit, this would be okay. Next slide. Uh, yeah. So you think you're going somewhere, and come to find out you've just hit a wall, you know. Next slide. I don't know how many are left. Well, this is a church, but it kind of resembles, I don't know about you, but <laughs> maybe a chicken. Uh, okay, next slide. And this is somebody caught the cockroach in the closing number, the big finale, and he was painted over right as the big kick. So, <laughs> anyway. All right, so that's design intent. So that's a funny one. So now I'll do one more thing. And uh, some of the people that were here yesterday, yes, I, I'm repeating. I normally don't repeat a joke, but so here we go. Um, a rabbi? No, I'm kidding. A, uh, 
diseases, and we, we've had uh, kind of a, an acute awareness of sicknesses and um, solutions for the last three years, right? Started a few years ago. So, but what people don't really realize is just how pervasive some of the consequences of this has been. Um, you know, different nations, different age groups and stuff, but did you know that the alphabet has actually been impacted by everything that was going on as much as everybody else? Uh, but about 20%. The, the consequences of um, sheltering in place or whatever, it was about 20% of the alphabet. So we're going to focus on that. So here's what happened. The symptoms of these particular letters of the alphabet are like being cranky, cantankerous. It's intermittent. It's like from time to time. Um, and they finally, uh, with enough research now, have figured out what it is. Now, it affects... A-E-I-O-U, and sometimes Y, and it's, uh, the syndrome is called irritable vowel syndrome. Okay, it's not that fun. Wow, it's a tough crowd. Okay. <laughs> I just flew in. My arms are very tired. No. <laughs> All right, well, we got that out of the way. So, um, so I have an acute, I don't know, I have a view of those who labor in the house of the Lord. Even Now, that is a bit of my primary focus. If you have somewhere else or you, you volunteer here or work somehow in the house of the Lord, I have a, um, a camaraderie. I feel for those who labor in the house of the Lord the way the Holy Spirit feels. The way Holy Spirit. I really don't like to say the. So in that, and I really hadn't paid that much attention to it. I've just been aware of it, but it never settled in on me. What did I just say more about myself? Is that, is that enough? Okay. So <laughs> I like pina colada. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess there was a little funny left. <laughs> All right. So do you preach down there or you stay up here? I mean, it's not that much difference. Yeah, this is fine. Okay. I mean, if I go, I'm sure I'm going to end up down there at some point. And I do, again, whether this happens today or not, I don't know. But sometimes a tongue and interpretation will happen. And I don't know if you know, you're a bit familiar with that. But it's, it's a way that God brings forth information. And sometimes information can come under the unction in just English right off the bat, a word of prophecy. And that doesn't always mean it's about future or predicting something, it can just be a word of exhortation. So that's sometimes how it works. But sometimes, for me, it'll be a tongue and then an interpretation to kind of achieve the same thing. Again, I'm not sure it's going to happen, but I, I want you to at least be aware of it. Um, I have done some unusual things in, in Ecuador. Just, I've, I'll, I'll, I'll share you one of, one, one of the things the Lord had me do. This was actually a couple of times. A person is up there being prayed for, and I'll keep it here so we don't get feedback. And the Lord had me run at them as fast as I could. And I didn't hit them, just so you know, I didn't hit them. But I, right as I stopped, I impacted them with my hand. Again, not, not hard. I wasn't trying to break anything. And they instantly, they fell back and got free. So I'm just giving you a little bit of information if I call you up here and make you stand across the way. Don't just relax. It'll be okay. Um, and also I do want to challenge, you know, so there, the lyrics to these songs say something to God, you know, I mean, you know, we're accountable. If we're going to sing this stuff about how much we want Holy Spirit, how much we are yielded to Holy Spirit, if we're going to do all that, um, this isn't a religious place. There's an expectation of a doing. And for, for the prayer, the pre-service prayer, um, oh, you know, we want the Holy Spirit, uh, have your way, right? Well, um, there's an accountability to say those things. So don't say them and then kind of go and be, uh, I'm going to say regular because that's fine, but... Um, 
keep it in your mind and be a vessel of the Holy Spirit. Something might happen to you today if you, if you have been uh, looking and yearning and you want God to use you. You may have a, an experience today that you'll have to decide something in your mind. Oh, yeah. One second. Everybody stand up. Now, I want everybody to switch seats. Okay, stop. Now, sit back down. Now, when I said that, I'm going to help somebody out today. When I said that, if you kind of bird up at that, that I ask you to move from your favorite place, you, you know, you might not be as free as you think you are, or you might not be aware of the fact that now some, a chair is sacred to you. Um, come on, we all sit, right? Don't we all generally sit about the same? Well, I like sitting up front because I like sitting over here because, well, the air conditioner is too cold. Now, I understand that. I understand that. But it's more about your soul and how something, a simple request. If I make a simple request, and for you it is, I'm not sure the Holy Spirit's talking to you much. I mean, I'm not sure you're all, I love you, Lord. I don't, just don't tell me to do anything. Just don't ask anything of me, and I'll love you from a distance. This is great. Oh, yeah, that's free for somebody. And if you feel convicted about it, just surrender. God loves you, right? Where was I? Man. Now I got to think a second. I interrupted myself. Being moved by the Holy Spirit. Being moved by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. In the house of the Lord. Okay, we'll keep going down that way. So, um, Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. Basically along the lines of if we're going to sing those things um, and you've prayed these, you're praying these prayers and desiring these things, um, as they happen to you, through you, for you, and it's not, doesn't all be, it doesn't all have to be spectacular, right? The supernatural and those types of things aren't necessarily spectacular. They're supernatural. Then... Be prepared in your mind to yield. Don't burr up in your mind. Don't resist in the same way that nobody here did. Nobody here resisted moving seats. But if people hypothetically at another church resisted moving their chairs around, it's just a simple illustration. Um, analyze yourself. Maybe, I mean, saying it is one thing. When he comes on you to do it, that's another thing, Okay. Whether, by that, I mean like you're out sharing something with somebody. I mean, I'm still in the opening. Okay. So now, I have, I have finished before we get started. So now I'm going to get started. So, purpose. I'm here on purpose. My purpose is, has been directed by Ruach HaKodesh. That's Hebrew, Holy Spirit. Spirit the Holy. This is, and so I want you to hear it this way. I want to set the tone. Well, stop here. The Word of God is going to do something to all of us today. If you've heard this before, and you've, you're already implementing these principles, it's going to be a word of encouragement. Oh, man, thank you, Father. If you've never heard this particular perspective and unction before, it'll be revelation to you. Don't let the enemy steal. What's the first thing that's going to happen? Uh, some of us will walk out the door. Gosh, wasn't that a good sermon? Yeah, what did he, what did he preach on? I, you know, I don't remember, but I know it had something to do with holy and the Bible. And if you, if the Father God had already, or the Spirit of grace has already prompted you to do this, and you haven't been doing it, then let it be conviction to you. But it's going to do that. His Word is going to do that. And this prophetic word to the house, it, 
there's aspects and principles that apply to us individually. So I don't want you to think that because you don't volunteer in the house of the Lord or work in the house of the Lord that um, it doesn't apply to you because it's a kind of a transcendent principle. So the purpose of this word is to lift burdens. Oh, I, I actually said this in the thing earlier. One definition of a trial is that which burdens the heart. This could be something on our mind, something that has possibly already been prayed about, something that has your attention. So Holy Spirit will bring to your attention, because there could be 10 things. We're not, Holy Spirit and I aren't interested right this second in the 10. We're interested in the one for today. The emphasis of the greatest thing that can happen this morning is you here for yourself what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, the rhema word from the Holy Spirit to you. I might say 12 things and cover eight subjects or something. I mean, I'm not, but, but only one of them may be for you, and that'll be enough because it's exactly what you needed, okay? I know that's how this works. So the, the text that this is from, we're going to go to Psalms 127.1. I was, I've been a sound man. I, I feel it, brother. I've been a sound man. Um, I've done song presentation. Uh, not that I can really sing, but I've sang in the choir um, I haven't ushered. I've been on boards throughout these uh, many years. I've been uh, a consultant for the architecture for churches. Um, I've been a children. I know this is going to be hard to believe. I've been a children's minister, and not because that's my grace. I have always done things by appointment or by assignment. I have filled in gaps because none of those things, and I understand this to be true, are my ultimate kind of never-ending grace. And whether we have that or not, I don't know. You can think how you want to. But I've always observed it and understood that this is a season. This is an appointment for a specific thing. I've been a youth uh, minister. I have I've listed it somewhere. Oh, I know. I got it here. I've been Messianic, Presbyterian, Assembly of God, Baptist when I was younger, Pentecostal, Charismatic, Word of Faith. Um, I've served in all these areas, uh, church board, deacon, department head, small group leader, missions. So it is from this corpus of experience through prayer, revelation, and observation that I present some of my findings this morning. I'm writing a book that contains much more than I can share in a single service. I have multiple chapters that I'm going through, so I'm, I've worked to distill it down, and the first thing the Spirit of God spoke to me about was be Jesus to them. Be Jesus. And you go, ah, that's, you know, as cliche as it comes and whatever. But it has to do with serving the servants. Serving the servants by way of expressing to you individually. Expressing to you in the house of the Lord. The heartbeat of God's spirit. A revelation of how Father God sees you. I assure you, you do not see yourself to the extent he does. Some may have greater or lesser understandings of it. And this is, and again, while it, it will connect to your personal life and all that, it's a specific word, a specific time to bear the burdens, 
to help and instruct so that the burdens of the house of the Lord are understood. They are shifted over to our burden bearer because it's not ours to bear. Leadership, um, an usher, one who parks cars, whatever it is, unless the Lord builds the house. Now that word Lord right there is not Lord. It's a bad translation. It is not Adonai. It is the tetragrammaton, yud heh vav And I'm going to replace yud heh vav with the verbs that make up his name. Unless... <laughs> Unless I was, I am, and I shall always be, builds the house. They that labor, labor in vain. Unless God the creator of heaven and earth builds the house. They that labor, labor in vain. Are you a laborer in this house? A watchman? I kind of was thinking about those praying that of their free time, came down early, fought the nine degree frozen, I know you're used to it, stuff, and were here praying. They weren't praying for themselves. Oh, Father, thank you for me. They were they were, they were watchers, watchmen, watching in prayer, praying for those who would come through that door, praying over the whole enterprise here. They're watchmen. I mean, I'm using that word in a very general sense from other prophetic things. So, Unless yud heh vav unless I was, I am, and I will always be, Guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. Holy Spirit and I will endeavor to present information, revelation, and bring an unction. The word is focused in general, but again, specific. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to labor at anything, let alone the house of the Lord, and it be of no value. Zippo. Oh, yeah, but this happened. Unless the great I am builds this house, builds you specifically, right? I said it's about the body, but it's also about you. Unless the great I am builds in you personally, specifically, his purpose, his desire, then the work and effort that you're putting into life in a, in a general sense, but concerning these types of things, right? I'm not talking about your vocation exactly. You are laboring in vain. Yuck. I don't want to labor in vain. I don't want to labor out of habit. Well, I'm doing this because that's what I did last week. You follow the habit part. Certain, sometimes things take on a life of, of their own, and we don't stop and go, oh, here's an example gave, given to me a long time ago. The sheep are going down a path, and a snake goes by across the path. So the first sheep that saw the snake jumps the snake. The, sheep, the snake is gone, and the second sheep jumps the snake. But there's nothing in the path. The third sheep jumps, the fourth sheep jumps, and in this way, no one ever stopped to go, well, why are we jumping when we get to that point in the path? Well, because that's just how we've always done it, or because somebody did it first. Anyway, so we're going to talk a little bit about the heritage of the laborers 
in the kingdom. His alignment, discerning your grace, Kairos timing of God. So I'm going to rephrase kind of by, by doing definition. Oh, I played, uh, what was it called? Pickleball yesterday. I never played that before. So uh, my knee, oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. I'm going to rephrase Psalms 121. Now remember, when I say, I'm going to use the word Lord, but when I say it, understand, it is, it is a, the greatest revelation. God is revealing himself to Moses. What are you going to call, you know, what am I going to call you? You know, what's, what, who is this? Okay, it's God. Fine, but I need something more than that. And he tells him, I, I am that I am. And again, in that little, the, the tetragrammaton, the way the Hebrew letters work in the Hebrew alphabet, it has these verbs built into them. I have thought that was pretty interesting. I know I've told you twice now. So to build is to construct or assemble by joining parts or materials. Now, this really came out great. I was looking at it. I hadn't seen this building. And Jeff was explaining to me kind of the condition before and, and the amount of time and effort it went into it, right? So things were built or remodeled. So you have an understanding of that when you see it and describe that way. To establish, this is a bit of an English definition. To establish, to increase, or strengthen. To mold, form, or create. To found. To form or construct a plan, a system, or a thought. To increase or develop toward a maximum. The Hebrew comes from a word, bana. Bait. I'm trying to remember the three letters. I didn't write them down. Okay. To cause, to continue, to build, establish, and one of those um, places is the establishment of a city. So it could be to build a house. Now, the bait, that is a, a bait, um, pronounced bait. It's a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and it, is, it looks like a tent in plan view. So the, one of the letters of the word build, because this is how Hebrew works, comes from the, this is a called a um, pictograph. So it's like the ancient, before the modern day alphabet of the bait, this is what it looked like in uh, a pictograph form. So to cause to continue. So it's not simply build something, because even though it is the floor plan of a tent, its connotation in scripture is about building things that last. Um, a family could be a, a family the, to build the house, could be the establishment of a family. So it has a lot of different connotations, right? Metaphorically, to build one's house. Having children could be, uh, could be natural children or spiritual children. So there's two ways to view this, the congregation or the local church. You are the building of the Lord. So Ephesians 2, yes, we're going to... Go to some scriptures. Ephesians 2. I just messed up too. 10. I'm not just making it up. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we could walk in them. So... Part of the desire today is to help refine or hone what is it you're supposed to be walking in personally. You're part of his workmanship. It's established. He's building something. He's building the building of you as well as this expression, the local house. Ah. So I'll do a little bit, a lot of times as I'm going through 
studying things, I'll do the opposite, look at the opposite. So if I think about the word, which I'll get to in a minute, the word vain, well, actually, I do it while I'm, while I'm doing it, ineffectual, unsuccessful, without real significance. The Hebrew of that is vain, empty, or worthless. So imagine things and analyze your life, analyze what the things you've put your hand to. Nobody wants that for the results, but it bears fruit. If the fruit of our life, if the fruit of a conversation doesn't yield something, we could say, well, that was vain. That was empty conversation. It really didn't accomplish anything. So how am I constrained by God's spirit? How do I stay motivated by God's grace and his love and his mercy towards someone else who I'm having a conversation with so that what is being built is not vain? What is being established is not vain. And I, I don't mean for every little, could you pass the ketchup? That's not what I'm talking about. But you are appointed. You are a servant of the Most High God. You are, you are individually, you're the salt of the earth. Being the salt is part of these conversations that you're going to have with people. And if it's flooded with just your ideas and you've leaned to your own understanding and drawn the wrong conclusions, then those things are vain. They're empty. And again, I'm not talking about something where you've sown a seed and then the fruit bears later. I'm talking about it being empty because the Lord's not in it. He's not built it. So the word house is a building where people live. A house of worship is another outcropping of that. Unless Yehovah, Yutevave, builds the house, a building where people live, a house of worship. The Hebrew... Baith, a fixed established structure. Labor, this is simple, right? To do work, to produce or accomplish something. I did vain. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 3. Verse 12. Now if any man builds, now this is on the heels of Apollos watered and God gave the increase. Okay, it was right on the heels of Paul talking about that. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold and silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it has been revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work, which he has built on it, remains, he'll receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he'll suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So I'm going to read this in the message um, version. Um, I don't really study out of it, but sometimes it's a, what's called a paraphrastic. I don't even want to call it a translation exactly, but Bible, whatever. So, but it, it offers some interesting perspective. Um, perspectives of things, I suppose. So taking particular care and picking out your building materials. Think about that one. This is what I liked about it. It kind of resonated with what kind of trim are we going to use? Do we want to use drywall? Do, do we want to put up, what, what kind of door does that need to be? That's a solid core door. How, how are we going to trim it out? What, how are we going to paint it? All these decisions go into something, and then just naturally speaking. So take particular care in picking out your building materials. Eventually, there's going to be an, an inspection. You had inspections for this. It had to meet the code. Could it have withstood the snow if it didn't meet the code? Uh, maybe. Code is kind of a minimum. Eventually, okay, if you use cheap or inferior materials, you'll be found out. Have you ever hired somebody to do something and come to find out they... They put the toilet in the place where the door couldn't open. <laughs> the inspection will be thorough and rigorous. You won't get by with a thing. If your work passes inspection, fine. If it doesn't, your part of the building will be torn out and start over. That's exactly what they do. If you're building something and you've got an addition and something's not right and it's really off, you'll just tear it down. 
If you go over a property line, they have building setbacks. And you go over the property setbacks and you can't get the neighbor to sell you three extra feet because somebody messed up. Off, off with that portion of the building. But you won't be torn out. You'll survive. You'll realize, uh, you realize, don't you, that you are the temple of God. And God himself is present in you. No one will get by with vandalizing God's temple. How do you view yourself? You have a revelation that you are God's temple? I got to get to the other part. God's temple is sacred. And you, remember, are the temple. I just thought that how that was worded was just a great, a great way of saying it. So now I'm going to give you your, your, uh, what you're a part of a, you're a part of a legacy of something. This legacy goes back to the Levites, familiar with the tribe of Levi. Now, part of what took place was God was establishing that the firstborn of all the tribes were sacred unto him, dedicated unto him. There was this golden calf incident, and the Levites did not participate in that. In fact, then they were the guys who went out with the sword, and 3,000 people were slain. They were zealous for God. And the what happened later, so I want you to remember this word. They were zealous for what God was zealous for. You labor in the house of the Lord. I want to raise your consciousness as to what you are actually putting your hand to. You're putting your hand, I'm going to use the word sacred. I understand it's not that this is sacred of itself, but the, the enterprise of this house, the fact that God has drawn you here and placed you here, you've obeyed it, you've gotten that far, you've obeyed it, and you've, you've come here. And then beyond that, you felt something on the inside of you, and so you labor in the house of the Lord. There's a zealousness in that way, and be reminded of it. You're doing it truly as unto the Lord. Yes, we're helping Jeff and Tasha. They stepped out in an obedience of the Lord, and he's brought people along to help them. And, but he'll be the first to tell you it isn't his vision. He, he has, he's, he's endeavoring to put forth Everything that God has placed on the inside of him for a community, a heart for a community, a heart for believers, for them ultimately to grow up. That's what the fivefold does to help you grow, right? And to do the work of the ministry. So, sorry, where did I go? So that, oh, here I am, I found it. In Numbers, so I just wanted to give you the history of the Levites now. So in Numbers, I know how many, and by the way, the word Numbers is kind of an interesting translation. The Hebrew word actually just means in the wilderness. Why it came up with Numbers, because then everybody goes, I don't want to read about Numbers. I can count, I don't need that. So in the wilderness, and the children of Israel, as we know, they obeyed and disobeyed. With this zeal that the tribe of Levi had, God got with Moses, and he did a redemption. It changed from being the firstborn of all the tribes to the entire tribe of Levi. Now, Levi himself, the history of him, was bloody. But now we have a redemption of the tribe of Levi. And by the way, Moses and Aaron were of the tribe of Levi. I don't know if you knew that, because their parents were. Their brother, brothers. So, the Levites become assigned, and it's, and it's family-based. So, we have the, as the temple is laid out, there was a group of family who were appointed 
Oh, back. In this, in the, there were, I think it's around 27,000 something were numbered of the Levites. And the firstborn of all the other tribes equaled about that same number. And there was this transaction where the Levites were now set apart. Very interesting. They were set apart. They were still the tribe of, of, of Israel. They were still of the other tribes, right? They were still God's chosen people, but their role was different. All the other tribes didn't become lesser of value, but there was something going on that the Lord had commanded and instructed for this group of people who had this zeal, and it was all of them, this tribe, this heritage, this lineage, and they were assigned things. Now, you may or may not know this part, but basically all the things done in the temple had to be done only by those of the tribe of Levi. They, they guarded certain gates, and only in a little history of it, none of the priests could be, the, you had priests, all priests were Levites, but not all Levites were priests. Does that sound familiar to stuff in the New Testament where are we all this as members of the body or are we, are we all this? So here are the Levites set aside and another incident happened. So that's how they're assigned. Oh, and by the way, if you were of another tribe and came to do something that you weren't supposed to, they were supposed to put you to death. And that, that to me, I mean, we don't do that. I know we don't do it here. <laughs> So <laughs> that wouldn't go over too well. It might drop a t- church attendance. Well, anyway, um, the idea, though, principle is the principle. And this is something to convey. And there's a, there's a spectrum of this statement. So I'm going to make some statements understanding that there's a spectrum to it. The ideal is that as you have a revelation, because we're at different places in the Lord, we're at different growth levels, and so some people early on might be allowed to fill in and do certain things, but as they develop in the Lord, they begin to realize that their highest grace isn't that. And so a burden can begin to, to develop. Not, you wouldn't call it that. You may not even be able to put your finger on it. But the idea is you're not sure why, and there are plenty of reasons here. So I don't, I'm absolutely not saying that because you feel burdened, oh, I'm supposed to do something else. That's not what it means. It is fruit bearing that you now begin to explore with the Holy Spirit, with Holy Spirit, you need to explore why. It might be because of timing. It might be because of something personal in your life. There are any number of reasons. I'm simply focusing on one of the reasons that it could possibly be is you're not where you're supposed to be. And there's no amount of confession is going to fix that. That's not a burden that gets lifted by confession. It's one that gets lifted through humbling yourself before God and then allowing him to put you in the right place. Do you see the distinction there? This is not an all or nothing comment about that. And then the more developed in the Lord, as we develop, ideally... Ideally, we're honing in. We're walking in closer to his highest grace. Now, can we do other things? Well, it depends. Some, for some, yes. For some, no. For some, just stay, stick with that. Are there things that everybody should do in the, in the, in the local body? Absolutely. But this is something specific to people that God is, has placed for very specific things. And I want, you to, I want your understanding to be raised that when we say, oh, you're doing it under the Lord, that's not just, oh, yeah, I'm just doing it under the Lord. That is not that. It's, it is sacred. Don't mumble. Don't complain. What are you doing? You're, in the, you're working in the house of the Lord? Let me explain to you a little bit about the, what happened to the complainers. Uh, I won't go to the, the passage, but um, complaining was not a real favorite thing of Father God. He wasn't real big on complaining. Oh, but I'm under grace. Well, you can be under grace all you want to. I wouldn't complain if I was you. That's all I'm saying. Take it to somebody, a mature person. If You have to go to a leader, and you're, you're praying things through. But don't let, because 
you are, you are actively volunteering in the house of the Lord, and now you're undermining the very thing you're wanting to put your hand to with this. That is not how this works. It's okay to feel what you feel, but have a discriminat- be discriminatory, discriminating in who you share something with as you're praying that through. Don't blab junk in the house of the Lord. This is a sacred place. And all those things, first, they just take away from you. Your character's really not there yet. And, and if you catch yourself with that, repent. If it's something you got to make yourself right about, then do it. But this is an honorable calling. It's an honorable appointment. You might think you placed yourself there, but you didn't. And remember, it's a spectrum. You may, I did plenty of things I had only seasonal grace for. I'm going to fill in, I'm going to fill in and do this because that person, they need help. They need their burden borne while they're working it out. Is God moving? I don't know. It doesn't always mean that. It does not always mean, well, that just means you're not, it might. But the to the greater degree that you can understand the weightiness of what you do. There's just nothing trivial. It doesn't matter if it's a sign, if it's, if it's um, we, we think of this. My dad and I have this conversation. He parked cars um, at the church back in, in Florida. And the number of times that they would have a word of encouragement for somebody coming to church... Your heritage, your heritage is a set-aside one. And part of the Levites tended almost explicitly to the priests. And part of the Levites were the interface to to the children of Israel, to the rest of the people. God has entrusted you with something. Whew, finally. So, I'm going to stay there. There were a couple of incidents. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Okay. I think it's Romans. Bless bless you, Father. So, there there was another incident where, oh, yes. I just remind myself again. Um, <laughs> I ran out of pages. Okay. There's a passage that... Oh, let me go back. <laughs> I just have to read it. So, Oh, here it is. Okay. 1 Corinthians 10. Boom. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 1. So watch this. This is for you. I do not want you unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from the spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. The rock was the Messiah. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased. For they were laid low in the wilderness. Now, I'm bringing, yeah, bringing the connection to the Levites. Now, these things happened as examples for us so that we would not crave evil things that they also craved. Don't be an idolater, as some of them were. And as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Nor let us act immorally as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example and they were written for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Think of the principles of those things. The principles of how, so here's what one group did. They connected with the worshipers of Baal, 
Baal. And they were fornicating. The men were fornicating with the women of Baal. And there was this one incident. And a man and a woman went into the tent. And uh, Phinehas comes in with a sword. He's a Levite. And he runs the sword through them. Now, remember, it's a representative a representation in our time, it's an example, it's a representation of something that was going on that was not pleasing God. He has a book full of things that don't please him. I'm grateful for grace. I'm grateful for lots, for, for the truth of his word. I'm grateful for how we grow. But there are things God has not changed. There are certain things that he is not happy with. And sometimes our, the only way we know is we just have less of him. It's not some big shout. It's just the pulling back of the spirit of grace, pulling back of Holy Spirit, and you wonder why. He doesn't have to broadcast to you. It's all there. So here's what happened. He runs them through and kills them. The plague stops immediately. And God speaks to Moses. He happens to be Aaron's grandson. He's Aaron's grandson, and then God speaks to Moses and says, because he has a zeal for what I'm zealous for, he rewards him with a covenant of peace. And that's only mentioned one other place in the Bible. I'm not going to keep going to all those details because I'm, is that the? Oh, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> he promises him, and now the tribe of Levi, the priests, have this everlasting covenant to be for their role in the house of the Lord, in the temple of God. And it has never gone away for the Jews. There's not a temple now, but they, they have tracked through all of time who are of the, of the high priest lineage. They've kept track of it to this day. So, covenant of peace. I am... I'm now in our first closing. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna keep keep going. I'm fine. So I have said that too much. Note to self: <laughs> I'm critiquing things as I go. Um, I not only desire for you, but I need you. Holy Spirit needs you to have a greater revelation, a greater understanding of this honor, this sacred duty. And, and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to, to gin up through an emotional plea to get more people to help, nor am I giving you authorization to not help. I'm presenting information. I'm empowering you individually to see something different about the things that you do when you come into this house. If you're going to do something, and I know, I know, right, there's habit. We sit in the same seat, and it's easy to kind of forget, well, I always put the chairs out, and, and not even think, well, you're just, it's just you. I'm just, I just put the chairs out. I understand, and I understand the, the, the tendency of our brain and how our soul works. All I'm saying, make yourself... Remember, from time to time, that this lineage of serving the Lord, be it fivefold, be it the ministry of works, be it um, an interval like from time to time or consistent, some serve more weekly, some once in a while, whatever that is, and then individually, the same mandate on you personally, even if it's not a specific thing in the house of the Lord, that you view what God's placed on the inside of you. You're the temple of the Lord. If he's dealing with you to clean up some things, clean them up. It's his spirit. He's, his kindness leads us to repentance. He's so good and he's so merciful. The last thing to do is to run from him when we make mistakes or fall short, whether it's in our own mind or whether we have or whatever it is, that's the last thing. Through seeing it, let the trial of your soul, specifically today in the area 
of how you serve in the house, specifically that, I mean, it can apply to other things, but right this minute, let it be lifted through a revelation of of what you're responsible to bring to a service. Resolve your household issues before you come. It's okay if you don't. I, you know, it's not a condemnation thing. But as much as you can, don't let yesterday's sun go down on stuff. Let today, in the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. They are new every morning. Part of the teaching and part of what you hear in this ministry are things to equip you. I'm, I'm certain you've heard bits and pieces and elements or a lot or a little, whatever it is, because it's the same spirit. And it, this is just an opportunity to hear it a different way and to go, hey, reminder for some of us, you're on, oh, you're on the right path. I've placed you here. Keep walking in that grace because you may not realize it, sound man. You may not realize it, song presentation. You may not realize the role, and, I, and I'm, I'm not throwing this word around loosely. I'm going to use the word anointed. I'm going to just use the word unction in kind of its simplest form. Being who I'm supposed to be to the body of Christ is unction. Being who I'm supposed to be, being in my place, understanding my grace, understanding who God created me to be. We talk about these gifts. We talk about the, oh, yeah, no. We talk about them. And we talk about how the body of Christ is joined together. It's orchestrated together. God has set some in the church and he goes through, right? Our heritage is from the Levites. Our heritage goes back and we, we see a glimpse of Father God's desire for how these things work and what he places value on. And he has a plan. He was specific. These guys do this. These guys do this. The best thing that you can do is walk, is first understand your grace and bless God, walk in it. Amen. Walk in it. Walk in it. Find scriptures that support. Be encouraged. Encourage yourself with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Get a flow of the Holy Ghost where you're praying. You're praying in the spirit. Now I'm going I'm to do a demonstration because almost done. Almost done. I'm just going to do a, a, a demonstration. And it's like I'm praying. This is you praying at your house. Seeking God, needing his presence, needing him, needing his direction. I can do nothing without you, God. I'm not interested in taking a step as an usher. I'm not interested in taking a step preaching. I'm not interested in taking a step as a children's worker. Without you, without you being with me, I'm not going. I'm not interested in it. I don't want to just do something for the sake of do something. I don't want to just be a religious person. I don't want to just come to church because it's a habit. But I'm alive in you. Use me. I need you, Holy Spirit. Direct my path. You promised you would. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I need you. Direct me. Speak through my lips. Think through my thoughts. That above all things, I, I give out your love in what I do. That people around me understand that God loves them because I've humbled myself. I surrendered myself to your word. Please, Holy Spirit. Be a vessel through my life to bring the love and the mercy and compassion of God to those around me and to those who sit next to me at the house of the Lord. That is our sacred role. That is who we are. Understand it. Hear the words. And in your prayer time, pray. Pray in English. Let those inspired words of God lead you in your prayer. Pray them out and then write down Right? You'll, ha you'll have wisdom. You'll have understanding. Be the temple. Be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Be the temple of God. Each time you come together, 
Don't be weary in well-doing and don't, don't let it lose. Don't let it lose its luster. Don't, don't let it lose that value in front of you. But it's up to you. You're a steward of your own life. You're a steward of the God's grace. You're a steward of every gift. Whether it's mom, brother, parent. You. You're the steward. Holy Spirit needs to work through you.